I'm just super blessed to be in this position. Uh, very thankful, excited to be a part of an organization like the Jaguars up and coming. And I just, I can't wait to get there and make plays. Welcome into the Jaguars Reporters Draft Recap Podcast for Day 2 and our Day 2 coverage presented by DreamFinders Home, J.P. Shadrick, Kai Stevens, John Osier. The Jaguars added two players. They now have 10 picks on the docket for Saturday to go with that. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later. Let's start by moving back again in the second round to the 61st pick, and they pick up Penn State tight end Brenton Strange, a guy who can block, he can uh, catch passes, of course. And hearing his post-pick press conference or media call, Zoom call, whatever he was on tonight, you know, he doesn't feel like he's reached his full potential as a football player. They utilized him a lot in the backfield. They had two or three tight end sets a lot at Penn State, and he was a big piece of that guy. Um, but, hey, versatility is key in this offense. It is, and Penn State is known for developing their tight ends. So because he's grown every single year, I'm sure, looking at him, when he comes to the NFL, we'll think, yeah, we can get more out of him than what he's been able to do. He himself said he thinks he's going to get better once he gets here. And he said he was excited to play with Evan Ingram. That's someone he watches and kind of tries to pattern his game after. So obviously Doug's got to be thrilled, right, to have two tight ends he feels like he can work with again and stylistically that's something he's liked to do in the past I thought it was interesting when Doug was talking about this pick later he very casually and easily said that he's sort of ready made for the NFL and ready made for this offense uh it it sort of harkens back to what we were talking about um with Bucky on right after the pick that Doug can now use I I I think he very easily sees a role in this offense and how he wants to use tight ends with Evan Ingram. Um, It's hard after a draft because they're always going to say positive things. But the way Doug talked about it, um, I don't think there's any doubt in their mind that this is somebody who can contribute right away and who fits what they want to do offensively. He could line up as a, a tight end just off the tackle and block. He can line up as a fullback. He's done that a lot at Penn State. Versatility in this offense. Can run routes. Obviously can go catch down the field. A lot of things this guy can do. Yeah, I think it was it was interesting what Bucky said, um, again, right after the pick, when he talked about uh, that he can come in and be an immediate upgrade over Manhurts. And I think when you're looking at the NFL these days, everybody wants to talk about 11 starters. Um, I don't know, you know, it depends on what lineups you start off the game in, who, who's a starter. Mm-hmm. But you need two tight ends, and you need different kinds of tight ends. He will be a much more versatile player and fit into what Doug wants to do offensively, I think, in the passing game, much more than Manhurts did. Uh, so, yeah, an upgrade at that spot. And as I said before in a couple of broadcasts, I think we're starting to see – Doug, after two off seasons, get the personnel in this offense uh, that makes sense for how he wants to be calling plays. If you want to go watch the best of Brenton Strange, go on YouTube and check out the Penn State-Auburn game from last year. He had six catches, 80 yards, and was the lead blocker on some key runs in that game for the running backs for Penn State. And they blew out Auburn in that game. And pretty good defensive front seven they had at Auburn so yeah, he didn't have huge passing no that was numbers, his best game of the season but just in the brief yeah. stuff I saw of him 
he looks like he moves pretty easily through the secondary. Uh, looks smooth as a pass catcher. I I I don't know that they need him to be a thousand yard tight end, but they need him to be a threat there. Uh, and I think he's going to add a wrinkle that again they didn't have. When you run two tight ends, if both of them are pure receivers, then all of a sudden you're tipping your hand that you're going to run pass. That's right. This guy can do both, and I think he gives him that wrinkle. Uh, most people in the league think the most balanced thing you can, or, or the most balanced offense you can go with, is uh, two tight ends, uh, two wide receivers, because you don't know what they're going to do. Uh, this gives them a chance to go do that. And they could line, you know, Penn State lined him up outside occasionally, would bring him in motion, and then he'd come in and block and, and do the, he would mix up everything. And interested to see how he's used here. Now to the third round, 88th overall, and they go running back. Tank Bigsby from Auburn, six foot, 210 pounds, three year starter there, 25 touchdowns in his career on the Plains. Uh, nearly over a thousand yards the last two years. He did it two seasons ago, just below it last year, Kai. But uh, a guy who was really excited to be here at his post-pick press conference and your conversation with him. And this is a crowded running back room, but you know uh, they're going to run the football some around here, even with all these weapons on offense. Some of those are in the backfield too. They will have no lack of options. Obviously, uh, we got to talk to him, Tank. So excited. Been called Tank since he was seven. So if that tells you how he's been running his entire career. But he seems excited just for whatever role he'll be. Obviously, it'll be running back by committee in some form. You have some other pieces in place, ETN and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I think Bucky compared him to like LeGarrette Blunt kind of type, where you can get that power from him if you need it, which uh, John, I think you mentioned, had been lacking a little bit mm-hmm. at times for them. So to be able to have that and really be able to have every option at running back that you want is I'm sure something Doug was trying to put together and we can't you know put enough emphasis on the fact like yes they did very well offensively last season but Doug has only had one draft class and you know one and a half free agencies thus far to make a team so he's inherited a lot of this and he's worked well with it but he hasn't put his entire stamp on it at this point what a difference 15 months make and I think JP knows where I'm going with this if you're Trevor Lawrence in 2021, is there anybody left that you were throwing to or, or uh, handing the ball to at any of the skill players? I mean, every skill player that they run out next year will have been an, an addition in the last two off seasons, with yes. the exception of ETN, who was hurt. Yeah, right. and he, yeah. he wasn't playing. Wasn't on the but the point is, the entire tight end room overhauled. Luke Farrell was there, but you know, it, you know what I'm getting at. It, it is a complete mm-hmm. overhaul, and. What a job they have done adding firepower, legitimate weapons. I talked about it all off season. The job they did adding free agents that came in and actually, you know, ha- have contributed, but now you're adding rookies to it. Uh, a complete overhaul of an offense that ranked 10th in the league last year. And it, it's hard to imagine with more balance that uh, it's not going to be better. I, I just, uh, it's unbelievable the weapons that have been added and, again, were added tonight as well. I've got them at 17-0, and 0, Kai. How about you? I don't know. Sure, why not? Seems plausible. Yeah. I mean, it's it is April 28th. Why not? Although I'm, sure, I, now. I'm sure there's more than enough <laughs> listeners that are going to be screaming about the defense still. Yeah, I've, so, I've seen them already. So, I mean, and it's it's a philosophy. They're going for it. They're going to out-shoot people. That's what they're going to try to do. And, you know, you look at the Chiefs, you look at, you know, some of these high-powered offenses, you're going to have to – score more than them to win and good defenses against those team only hold them back a little bit right so 
they're going for it. And, John, I know we've talked about this before, and I'm probably going to lead into what you're about to say, too. Probably not. Well, I mean, this is a de- <laughs> you're not going to have the 2,000 Ravens defense. Right. You know, you don't need the 2,000 Ravens defense with an offense that's this explosive. You need a defense that's opportunistic mm-hmm. that can set up this group. Um, they might give up some yardage, but if they're taking the ball away at the clip they did early last season and late last season, if they can do that for a full year, then that's the defense you want. Yeah, and first, let's not forget, it's not like the Jaguars. That I made a lot out of it in a couple of our hits. But it's not like the Jaguars sat there last Tuesday and said, hey, we're going all offense with the first three picks. Yeah. Um, there were, I'm sure, players that they wanted to – you know, Trent talked a lot about it in – in the uh, you know the postmortem, that sometimes things don't work out for you. There's players that get taken ahead of you. There's trades you try to make that just don't work out. Um, this seems to me a a, a draft night of uh, really truly sticking to the board. And if if a player is gone at a certain spot, then you don't necessarily say, "Wow, you know, we wanted this corner here at 36, whatever number they were at." Um, so now he's gone, so we've got to take the next corner come hell or high water. Well, no, take the next player who fits something you, you want, happen to be three. To your point, um, I think no matter what they were going to do in this draft, they had to be all in offensively and absolutely going for it. Uh, it's going to be a defense where breaking serve is the idea. And I think there will be games with this offense that you should get way ahead and that helps your pass rush, and there's some teams that you should blow out with some turnovers and your offense. The question will become when they get in tight games with the, with that approach to defense, can they stop the run? Can they be stout? Can they get pass rush in big situations? Uh, that, to me, will be the storyline for the defense going into next season because we won't know it based on their offseason acquisitions. All right, final thought going into day three of this draft. Well, Trent Baalke, after day two, said they tried to trade back up into round three and get rid of some of those picks. It didn't work out. So they have ten picks in their pocket going into Saturday, Kai. I am actively concerned if they're going to pick ten or if they're going to be able to flip them. I know John's excited because Saturday is his favorite day of the draft every year. I love it. It's almost Um, as exciting as OTAs for him. It's my Christmas. This whole month ahead, this is your wheelhouse. It really is. Um, go ahead, Kai. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I don't know what they're going to do with this. I mean, obviously, cr- collect all this capital, right? Like, oh, I can do something with this. Hopefully, it's either years to come or something. I, you can't pick ten people. Or, I mean, now, right? he said they Is could. Going to pick ten people if they're on. If they can't trade them, if they, they said they would be prepared to pick ten players. Well, he said if you had the picks, you got to make them. You got to so, make so, them. You can't um, pass, it, can you? I guess you could. But like, no, more well people said. take what Kai said and say, well, well why they trade back? From what I've been able to figure out, they had, they've had three trade backs so far. Yes. Um, they didn't lose anything, meaning not getting a player they wanted with any of those picks. Uh, clearly they didn't with the Giants because they swapped. Uh, the Bills were not coming up to, you know, my point is they got Antoine on Harrison, they would have got him at 24 and 27. Same thing with the picks tonight. So if you've stockpiled and you get stuck with those picks, it's not like you've lost anything trying to take that strategy. So uh, will they pick 10? I, I, I can't imagine that. I would be shocked. Um, 
But as it was, if there was one thing clear from Trent Baalke talking tonight, they tried to trade up. They yes. tried to use those mm-hmm. picks and couldn't do it. Um, let's hope that with a night of sleep that some of these GMs around the league are in a little better mood to deal with Trent tomorrow. <laughs> we Morning. can hope. Cross our fingers. And if there's a player out there sitting at the top of the fourth round that's worth 10 draft picks, I say go for it. Well, day two, at least, is in the books. The Jaguars have two more players. Britton Strange tied in from Penn State in the second round, 61st overall. Tank Bigsby running back out of Auburn, 88th overall pick in the third round. Our thanks to Joe Fortunato, for Kai Stevens and John Ozer. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We will catch you again on Saturday for day three of the 2023 NFL Draft.